0: Happy day after Boxing Day. So, Boxing Day, Boxing Day to you. Yes,
1: it is officially Boxing Day, Boxing Day.
0: <laughs> so, what? Okay, so the true story my husband made a movie in high school about Boxing Day. So, what? I kind of know what it is. Like, was it a
1: horror film? <laughs> <laughs> so, but. How do you make a movie about Boxing Day? Sorry, you're going to have to tell that. Story
0: it was now. a documentary for film class about Boxing Day. And he's made me watch it. I've watched it like four fucking times. So I've learned about Boxing Day. (laughs) But I still like we never learned what it really is. So tell us what it is, Sarah. So funny.
1: Okay. Well, in like in practical terms here, it's like the day after Christmas, there's just massive sales at the store (laughs) and everybody goes shopping. But traditionally, it's a British thing, right? So like a Christmas box is a word for a Christmas present in the UK. Okay. And like back in the days of like servants, the day after Christmas, you gave the servants a Christmas box and you allowed them the day off to go home to their families and give them and give their families Christmas boxes. So that is why it is called boxing day because oh, of servants. It's like a way
0: faster explanation. We, we were like, maybe it's cause there's lots of like empty boxes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, it kind of like, it does conjure up like, going to big box stores and, and buying electronics. So, and that's literally what people do. So that's what we do to celebrate all holidays. It's fine. I know. It's a bit like Black Friday, actually. Oh, do you guys have that too? Well, now we do <laughs> <laughs> because of you. <laughs> we never did. Now we have literally, we, we have Thanksgiving on a different day, like in October, a month and a half before. And then... Oh, and then you the just have Black Friday without Thanksgiving literally before. literally like Black Friday just in a, yeah, just kind random Canadians, in November. Which,
0: Canadians yeah. are weird. All right.
1: <laughs> Capitalism, Kelly. Capitalism. Okay. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk about Allison Felix's pregnancy, Missy Franklin's retirement. And of course, our favorite stuff from 2018, our predictions for 2019 and all of the fun things after this. Live Feisties. If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ask Kicker Inc. Ask Kicker makes active wear for women featuring empowering phrases like work hard, play hard, kick ass, or strong women lift each other up. Ask Kicker Inc. also makes our fabulous Live Feisty tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. So to order yours, go to livefeisty.com and just choose shop from the menu. And of course, use the code riding to save 20%. That's riding, as in if we were, at livefeisty.com. And remember, I before E, except if you're feisty. I'm Kelly O'Mara, and I'm Sarah Gross, and you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time, none of you people can tell me to stop, this time like the last time, you better get ready to race in the titty.
0: Okay, so Allison Felix, the US sprinter, like gold medalist, super good. On Twitter, I saw she had a baby and I was like, wait, I didn't even know she was pregnant. And then I read her story and it turned out she didn't tell anyone she was pregnant. She was like, gonna make a big announcement. And then instead, she had to have like an emergency C section. So it's like, oh, surprise, I was pregnant, guys. And I already had the kid and the kid's in the an ICU. So it's like totally kind of nutty. But it made me wonder about athletes like telling people whether or not they're pregnant, apparently. <laughs> Her brother just thought she was slow and she's like, No, I'm pregnant. Don't tell anybody. So, did you tell her brother's also her manager, right? Yeah.
1: So, that is
0: an interesting. He was like, Thank um, God you're not just slow. (laughs) Like, basically. (laughs) So, did you tell people, like, when do you tell people as an athlete? It's like super
1: weird. Yeah, I think it's, there's all kinds of weird compounding factors there. So, I think. Well, they tell you not to tell anyone until you're out of the first trimester because the chance of,
0: it's like a really high, I know this is another like thing I hate that people don't tell people. And then no one realizes that miscarriage is actually like really high. Cause no one tells it's anyone like tw- that they miss
1: 25%. Yeah. It's actually like yeah. super high. Yeah. So like 25% is like a lot of miscarriages. <laughs> right. And what I, I actually regretted not telling more people that I was pregnant. And one of the reasons is, is that I realized after that, like, if I had a miscarriage, I also want to talk to people about that right. to like normalize the experience so that I don't like end up like by myself with just me and a couple of family members who know that I'm pregnant dealing with my miscarriage. Like if I'm going to have to go through a miscarriage, I want, like, I want to go through it with other people. And if like 25% of pregnancies end in miscarriage, like, you know, you're going to have friends who've been right. Through, but everyone keeps it secret it. anyway.
0: It's super weird how we do
1: that. So that's kind of weird. I don't think we should do that anymore. I think we should just be like open and talk about these things. And then like as an athlete, of course you have sponsor contracts that you like, you hope that your sponsors are going to continue to support you through your pregnancy. If right. that's how you make your money and, but you can't be sure. Uh, I think that's really changing. Like I was really um, buoyed after our conversation with Miranda Carfree for iron women, like over a year ago. Cause it's when I used to do that podcast. And um, she said that, her sponsors all—I mean, she's Miranda Carfrey, but um, her sponsors all stayed on. When I think they found out she's pregnant. Given this moment in women's sports and mm-hmm. the market,
0: you can almost market a pregnant athlete as well as a non-pregnant one. So I think most sponsors are staying on at this point. I don't think it's the th- what it used to be, um, just because that is the current climate as well. Which sounds super weird. That's that, but you know what I'm saying, like. You can put Alison Felix up on a Nike ad very easily right now as like, Hey, she's relatable. She also has a baby. It's like a thing. People want relatable.
1: Yeah. And one thing I liked about Alison Felix's story, or maybe wish she had told it more, or maybe even I'm concerned that we're creating a climate in which it becomes more normal for women to train through pregnancy, but that things still go wrong. Oh yeah. Things go wrong. And like, not everyone can. Do that right, so it's like sometimes if something's going wrong if you, with your pregnancy you have to be on bed rest, right? Which is I'm like actually anti bed rest.
0: Just to be clear, I'm going to state this, and I'm sure we're going to get some people <laughs> who are going to like. I think it's a thing that has. I mean, if you do the research, it has very little medical like science to back it up. It's sort of like when you look at the history of it, it became this thing back in like the early 1900s where people were like well we have bed rest for sickness so why wouldn't it work for pregnant right like oh and then like and then people have the kid and they're like oh see it worked or they like something goes wrong and they basically feel bad because they like got up to go to the bathroom so they like we're not anyway bed rest i'm not for it i'm against it side point but yes, I see where you're
1: going. I, okay, I, I kind of like, I agree with you a, a little bit there on the bed resting that we probably do over inflate it. And then as well, end up making someone who trains through their pregnancy feel bad feel unnecessarily bad if something goes wrong because of that focus. I do think like I have had friends, for example, who I had one friend who was puking so much throughout her whole pregnancy that she was dehydrated and had to be on a drip. Right. Right. Like, for, in order for herself and the baby, I think to that survive. happened to
0: Princess Kate too.
1: Did it? Oh wow! Well, yeah, so so. normalize that experience right here, right now. <laughs> but like, so there are situations where bed rest right, is right is definitely. But it's you're right that that whole thing about resting during pregnancy is has probably yeah but you
0: are time. your point was more that like there's so many people now training through pregnancy and it's becoming so like well I came back and did an Ironman four months after that I have talked to a bunch of friends like I actually was talking to a friend this week who was like I'm just gonna be one of those women who like comes back to triathlon right away and feels and then it turned out like she like couldn't right like she literally her hormones had gone whack her hips had changed so she was like hurting herself running um she was peeing herself she's like gonna have to get like surgery right like so not everybody is the per- is the like just going to come back and do Iron Man like 3 months
1: later and BD, right. yeah. And and back to like Allison Felix's point too as part in part of what she was writing was that like you can't Oh, you can't predict what's going to happen and something like that you can't control is happening to your body you have to take it in stride, right? I actually I had a lot of respect for Jody Swallow on this point okay. who was like as she came back from having her kid actually put it out there on Instagram like, Hey, I know there's a lot of women coming back from after having a kid to full-time training and being pro athletes again. And she was just like, this is really hard. And I'm not coping that well with it. Like it's not going well for me <laughs> basically. No. And I just had, a I just had like a lot of respect for that partially because it is really hard. And it's like way harder for some people than other people, depending on how a, what kind of baby you have <laughs> and b what, how your body reacts to the recovery. So, and what kind of like birth you had and all of the, all kinds of like compounding factors. So I think all of the experiences are yeah. normal and fine.
0: It all sounds terrible. Like basically the more and more we learn and the more and more I hear these stories and the very specifics of the stories. I'm like, Nope. I think this is one of the things that it was probably better. Everybody didn't know what they were getting into. Cause <laughs> once you know, once you like really know, you're like, Oh nope, Nope.
1: I know it is a bit frightening. Are we talk about this. Are you serious though? Like this is it for you. You're like,
0: well, I have like my own particular health issues that like, but I do think I know like a lot specifically about this, which may be because I've talked to a lot of athletes coming back. So I like have heard the very specific stories about like, like insane stuff, right? Like, what tears and how they're and how they have to get like bladder sling surgery and like how they like their hips like changed and so like ever they came out of they like dislocate when they run now and you're like what the fuck or like they're whatever like all kinds of crazy stuff and i think most people going into it like don't hear all those specifics so they like willful like it's one of those things where like for the betterment of the species we like don't really know what we're getting into
1: no i disagree i i think (laughs) i think now like Yes, there is definitely a certain silence around it, that, but I think that should change. Like, I think we should all go in with eyes wide open. Oh, I
0: think the guys need to have eyes wide open. Whenever you say this to them, they're like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you got stitches where? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> so but definitely we we should all have all the information.
0: Missy Franklin on a non-triathlete athlete stories this week also made an announcement about her retirement missy franklin who's like the super big swimmer gold medalist was going to be like the next michael phelps she also uh had a whole like letter that she wrote to announce to announce things um and she's retiring and she's only god oh god how old is she she's like younger than me she's like 28 anyway but she was supposed to be like the next michael Phelps. i mean in 2012 she won like a bunch of medals and then it was like oh just wait till 2016 but then it turns out she's basically like her shoulder like been in pain for like seven years like since 2012 had like multiple surgeries like her shoulder she couldn't swim and she's Mm -hmm. been doing it anyway and that's just like crazy first off that that's just what happens and people just do it but it's also like nuts to decide. It's not nuts. Obviously, I know it happens all the time. It's tough to decide, oh, this thing I is the only thing I know how to do. I'm like 27. I'm going to retire from it. It's not yeah. a regular way that people retire.
1: No, that's true. That's very true. And it's like hard. It's, the other thing is, is that it's hard with an athletic career, too, because you have all the other. We've talked about this before, but you have all the other compounding factors too, where you've like literally focused your entire life on right. something. Um, and then, and the, all the indoor fans and all everything involved with sport that you have to then sort of refocus and find who you are again. But like the, the other thing that strikes me about this story is that like for every person, for every Missy Franklin who got to have the gold medals, there's probably like 10 other people who had her talent who didn't get to get there because they had the shoulder injury before the gold medal.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> that True. Sense?
1: True. And so like, that's something in the sport that we don't often remember because we see these big, like we think so because we see these, the people who are successful become the most prominent, right? We don't necessarily see that there are people who went for it and for whatever reason, weren't able to. What is to the whole there? thing
0: about getting an Olympic medal? It's a combination of genetics, talent, like genetics, talent, hard work, luck and timing. Like it all has to, it all has to to come together. Yeah. So you need the hard work and the talent, but you also need like the everything to work out for you.
1: Yeah. And you think like the stars aligned for Missy Franklin, just not as much as they did for Michael Phelps. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And you're like, whatever.
0: Anyway, yeah. I also, yeah. she also uh, wants to retire so she can be a mom. So there you go. See, connecting it back Perfect. to what back we're talking to... about. Yeah. I think she doesn't know what she's getting into. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but this is our last podcast of the year, Sarah. It is. It, it is. is. So. I was asking you before the podcast, like, what were your favorite things for the year then? Like, looking back, you're like, oh, what were the best things that happened this year?
1: And you were basically like, I don't remember anything.
0: Funny. i don't
1: i just don't i feel like i'm getting old in the sport now so i don't like the years meld together where i'm like what What year was that
0: you're like oh like, someone good did something good didn't they yeah did, isn't there a new girl
1: called lucy Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how i feel about it but the things that stand out for me are the things that i witnessed what? right Being. so you're like yes. the best race was swim run in casco bay <laughs> that's right my favorite race of the year (laughs) no that like when we did the live coverage you know so we did live coverage at Ironman Texas this year so for me like that kind of stands out where I think you see a lot of like you talked about in the newsletter the legitimacy problems that Ironman's having in terms of course length and the drafting issues like you see all of those things coming to a head in Ironman um, Texas Texas. yes and the fallout as well was bigger than most like I think it i don't know the it
0: just it shook things deeper. up yeah 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 um yeah. so that's your favorite moment nice that solid. wasn't my favorite moment good, that good. was like my
1: uh what would you call it i don't know what you call it like my most memorable like i think the. yeah like the future in terms of if i'm looking at like what affected affected this year okay right is that like some of those problems some of those issues are coming to a head now Oh, okay. You're doing the like
0: big picture trends from the year, not the like, this is my favorite athlete, my favorite finish. I jumped,
1: I jumped way ahead. You jumped right ahead.
0: No, it's fine. Okay. So we're already, we're doing big picture trends you saw this year. This is funny because I also, when I sat down to write the newsletter and everybody can read it for this last week, I was also like, well, what were my favorite things this year? And then I pretty much immediately also was like, well, here are the big trends I saw happening (laughs) that I'm going to keep happening. So yeah, I mean, obviously... There were some exciting moments. There were some good at like Kona was crazy this year with all the records. It was totally nuts. Uh, you saw it in person. I like really, you know, that race, like I really liked Sarah True in that race. I thought she did really well. There were other moments this year, like the whole sprint finish at Ironman European Championships between Lucy and the other Daniela, not Reef. Daniela Sammer. Uh, Samler, Sammer Sammer, Sammer. Sammer. Sammer.
1: She's been around for a long time, too. Yeah, but that sprint so.
0: finish was crazy flora duffy okay this is like i know we don't like pay that much attention to itu but, you know we should her win in bermuda was like nuts like people like holy shit have you seen video like kids are like screaming in the street people loved it it was crazy so like there were things that were like really cool and epic this year
1: i really appreciated like the new depth in the women's field in kona like when we see like you say sarah true or annie hogg coming through from ITU and just creating more depth in that top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one thing I liked. I also... Again, I was there. The men's <laughs> race at 70.3 Worlds, just to be like, hey, we also pay
0: attention to the men. The men 70.3 Worlds race was insane. I don't think you watched it. But the... No. Um, Nope. You're like nope. Jan Ferdino, Brownlee, and Javi. Oh yeah, I did. I did watch it. Gomez. I guess I should actually use people's names. Alistair Brownlee and Javi Gomez. All three of them. Like that was insane. It was crazy. They were going back, and that was like the best race of the year. That was totally nuts. So
1: yeah. And again, like with new depth, right? Mm -hmm. Like where you have like three phenomenal athletes going head to head. It's it's fabulous. I also like on the men's side. I also appreciated, I suppose, in Kona how the top ten really got shook up like after patrick who, who won obviously you know you had i mean matt russell and six matt, matt
0: russell was a big breakthrough it's just like it's like sob sob cry crazy after he
1: what did he like slice his neck cr- he like went through slice his he grotted? went through the
0: van yeah and like sliced his yeah. neck he has like a scar the there before. that's like nuts yeah so he
1: basically almost died yes during the race the year before and came back to come sixth Two, like, and Sixth in Kona was, like, we know that, like, Matt's been around for a long time. We know that he's a great athlete, but Sixth and Kona was not predicted for him.
0: So no. It was that was amazing. So, anyway. Oh, I said it was Lucy and Daniela at European Championships. It was really Challenge Roth. Let's not, like, take away challenges, like... Thing they have. Oh, good.
1: Fact checking yourself. Fact checking myself. Anyway, maybe that's maybe that should be our New Year's resolution for the podcast: more fact checking. I feel like (laughs) once a week I say something that then I'm like, oh, that wasn't totally right. Oh well. Like (laughs) like we say things, but as long as we say them and tell people that we may not know what we're talking about, that it's okay. Uh,
0: (laughs) All right. So those were our specific things, but yes, then there were these trends. So you were so like we have talked before about the legitimacy problem iron man but also the sport is having and you saw it in the ground in texas and i like i call it the legitimacy problem i don't know what the other word for it would be but like the sense that you get out there and you're like this isn't what i signed up right like this is there's too much drafting like the course links can be kind of nuts now i mean they could always be nuts but now people are paying more attention because they all have garments you just feel like it's not a fair race i had a handful of friends do the Indian Wells race two or three weeks ago in California, like local friends who just did it because it was like a new California race and they hadn't done like an Ironman branded race before. A few of them hadn't done one before. A couple of them hadn't done one in like six or seven years. And all of them were kind of like, w- 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 what's going on? Like what the fuck? Like they, they all messaged me after we're like, what the fuck was that? Cause it was like, they weren't used to the roll, like the rolling starts weird, the drafting's weird. It's like, so crowd like, So I think this is going to continue to be an issue in 2019 that needs resolving.
1: For sure. I feel like there's a lot of spokes on that legitimacy wheel (laughs) that are like, that are compounding into like a, an, an issue. So yeah, one is like the drafting problem, which I actually want to call it overcrowding problem. Yeah.
0: It's an overcrowding problem because you can't say that people are drafting when they have nowhere to go. Like, yeah. Like yeah. give, give people options for sure.
1: And then you have the issue with the pros who like f- after the top, top tier are really having trouble getting contracts industry and are, oh yeah, and, and the prize money's decreasing. So even people you, that you think of as a big deal, like I know they've been
0: dropped by their spot. Like
1: you would be shocked
0: like the names that like like there's just not And so a lot of those people are going to move on they're going to be like time to have a baby couldn't see see or they're just gonna be like i can do something else i like all these people are smart people like most triathletes have degrees and stuff like and so we're definitely like that's another half of the legitimacy problem because when you don't when you have more and more people opting out who are the best people like what is your sport
1: Right. Well, and money, yeah. And money brings talent. Mm -hmm. And so there's a certain amount, like, there is still a certain amount of like talent trickling in that it tends to trickle straight to the top. And like the next tier is missing. And, you know, the best athletes and the heroes still need someone to race against. Like it's, it's no good having a race of three people, you know? Um, so the depth in the pro field is, is going to suffer. I think it's going to get worse. It is going to get, it's
0: going to keep saying this, it's going to get worse before it gets better, but it's going to get better. It like, will get better. It will get better. The question is just if it gets better in three years, if it gets better in eight years and who's still going to be around then. Like, you know, cause the other, and then there was, the, I was going to say oh. the other one we've talked about a bunch. Uh-huh. The, the legitimacy issue, yes.
1: The other legitimacy, you mean with women?
0: With women, the women yeah. are angry. They feel the, women,
1: <laughs> the women's are angry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this this came out a lot at the outspoken summit, where you could see you have a lot of the women there who are really plugged in and feel invested in the sport. And those are the women. It's the it's the women who have been around for a while. They, these are the ones that are getting. You would angry. say They're, this is like the core market. This is triathlon's core market. Yeah. of women. Yeah. And it's not long before Iron Man and triathlon in general will have a retention problem if they don't. Yeah. Cause, to, Cause the core like, market of women feels
0: let down. They feel they don't, they don't have buy-in. What do you lose legitimacy and authority and people don't feel invested? They don't have buy-in anymore. And then they don't have Like they aren't going to keep coming back to your thing. They're going to be like, fuck it. I'll go do something else.
1: Yeah. And there's definitely, there's issues with the slots and the, and the proportional, the proportional quote unquote way that they distribute right. the slots. Um, there's also issues with the starts and again, it like feeds. It's, this is like why I make it spokes on a wheel, okay, right? Because okay. it feeds into the, to the quote unquote drafting and overcrowding issues because the women's pro race is affected more by the age group men or... The, the, age, the even, age group
0: women are more affected because the, they're the like... further v- women,
1: yeah, yeah are, are totally affected even more because they're just like swarmed by... groups of of men and in packs right and so it's like hard to make those like you don't i always used to think this when i was racing if if um big packs were coming by it was like i just don't want to have to be making freaking moral decisions right now (laughs) about how much to break and sit up like i'm in the middle of a race that i'm trying to win right? right and you have to break and sit up and you're just trying to break and sit up enough to be off the wheel enough so that Like and then and then some other person's willing to sit closer to the wheel and you're just like, oh my God, I should not be having to make like ethical choices when in a time trial in a race that's supposed to be a time personal time trial. So So
0: there's a lot of (laughs) there are a lot of spokes to this wheel that is kind of which I don't know. I mean, I call it legitimacy. I I feel like it could also be called like the heart of triathlon, like whatever like the thing that is making up the core of the sport Mm -hmm. is having some trouble right now, right? Like there's a reason people are There's a reason numbers have been down. There's a reason people are going to things that are all these like new grassrootsy off the books unsanctioned because like there's something, there's something Mm -hmm. that is like broken on that wheel at the core of triathlon. And there are people who are definitely trying to fix it. There's definitely like some efforts being made. It's just a question of, you know, how long is it going to take? I like this pro question, right? Like last year or the past couple of years, when all the money has been going to amateur teams, and amateurs and everyone wanted to sponsor amateurs and have these amateur teams because it was so much easier to get amateurs to hoard themselves on Instagram for less money. Right. Like it just was last year. I was like, oh, that whole trend is over. It is peaked. It's done. We've passed it. And apparently, like when I feel that way, like it still needs to peak and come down. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah you got. Na- I think you got another couple of years there, right? Before you. So all these <laughs> other
0: things that we like, we feel like they're like they're peaking as problems. Like it probably is going to take a few more years, and then yeah. they be right. So because
1: we're on the inside,
0: because right. we're way too in the weeds. Which was another <laughs> question to- I had this week: was like, are we too in the weeds, guys? Feedback, before welcome. Are we need
1: to know, <laughs> like- too niche? Um, I-, I think it's like the other question <laughs> I have is. Like how much do we hold Iron Man accountable for some of these, like some of these issues, and how much is it up to the industry and the rest of us to band together? I think, like for example, Iron Man is kind of becoming like Mick Triathlon a bit. Like you yeah, sign yeah. up, you, you know, you could run around a parking lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like do we let them go and become that? Right? Yeah. Like, and if you want, like something where else- do you go for your good burgers? you go to one of the small independent
0: places, which I have all struggled and you're going to have to give it three or eight or five
1: years. We're not sure before those places come back and fill that void. Right. So that is one direction it could go. Mm-hmm. I think is that like someone else comes back to supply the
0: good burgers. Cause the other, so the other question and I left this in the newsletter out there and it's the one that we've gotten a lot of feedback on. And I've been thinking about this for a while. I was talking to some people about this at the summit <laughs> where is all the money in triathlon? Like we all keep saying there's all this money. Everyone's willing to spend lots of money. Triathletes have lots of money, but where's it going? And this isn't like a paranoid, like suspicious thing. I'm just telling you straight up, like, race directors are mostly going out of business, right? Like, cause they can't like the, it costs a lot of money to put those on. They're not making money. The, the triathlon, like publishers have all gone out of business except for like the one that's still being propped up by like a rich guy's passion project. Like that's true. The brand, we Hmm. know that retailers are struggling. We know that like brands have been shutting down. I mean, some are doing well when they're like changing their business strategy and going direct to consumer, whatever there's specifics there, but we know there's not like that things are struggling. And we and then when you talk about and everyone's like, oh, it's Iron Man, the money's going to Iron Man. But that's not entirely true. Like, yes, they are making money. But when you look at like the Moody's report on Iron Man, what they say is like, yes, there is potential, but it's still a very small market. They make like relatively small margins compared to what they spend. And they're spending a lot and they're heavily in debt from all their acquisitions. And the reality is like Wanda may very likely be selling them for like their own specific internal Chinese bureaucracy reasons. Like if you said next week, Oh, Iron Man's going out of business. They're selling off assets. I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be like, yeah, well, like, all right. I mean, it would be shocking and Mm -hmm. someone would buy it because they are making money and there is money to be made, but it's not as much as everyone thinks. So where is all the money going? Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, I'm supposed to know. (laughs) <laughs> well let me tell you here's the answer well you're a business Metals person and t-shirts Kelly <laughs> road closures no I I don't know how like the, those combination of things go together to to create money problems I'm I just
0: think agree. no one's really hit on like the right business model for for the current market like for like 2019 everyone's still operating on an early nineties business model, right? Like, I don't think not everyone, many people, I don't, I don't think like it's adding up. And I I think there's, I think there's potential there for someone. I said this at the summit too. I was like, I think someone should start a business and hire me. Like, cause I'm not a business person. I'm not like a, a a details person, but I think there's potential here. There's a, there's a void and a market for someone to meet But
1: what's, what's the void of the market? Like, what are we hiring you for? Well,
0: so at the summit, I was like, I think there's a market for an endurance publisher to like, to get back in this space. Like I think out pocket media, which does like fail press, like they're great, but like, it's the only one really right now. Um, It is. And I think there's like a desire. I think there's also a desire for like medium sized races. I think there's like a huge desire for medium sized races. I said at the summit, I thought if someone put on a national women's only like race series with pros and money, but also with like beginners that had a huge sponsor behind it, like like Danskin, but Danskin in a business, you could easily get some other big sponsor that wants to be pro women right now. I think there's a market for that. I think there are these market, these these desires and voids and needs that someone with some business savvy could meet. Right now, yeah,
1: I think you're right. It's just not me. I don't have that person as a podcast listener. (laughs) then give us a shout. Let us know. And I don't know what we're going to do, but we'll do something.
0: Right, we'll hook (laughs) you up. I'm very good at connecting people by email. So you are.
1: I'll vouch for that. Okay, I have a bit of a parallel with CrossFit, right? So while I can't answer your questions about the problems, I can offer, I don't know, a way of thinking about solutions. How about this? Okay, so like. CrossFit, I know it is. CrossFit is very similar to Iron Man in that it is a brand mm-hmm. that is like a brand that kind of owns a sport, right? And when they started, they were like, uh, basically hardcore. Like that was the, like the branding was like, we are so, so hardcore, calm, like just like lift more weight, harder, faster, all of that. Right. right. And now they're in the like,
0: emergency room. That was like their thing.
1: Right. Right. And now they've like completely switched together. Like if you follow CrossFit on, um. On Instagram, they completely switch. Like, you often will see like seventy-year-old women with five-pound weights. Like, they definitely are like marketing to the everyday person. And I like notice like that Vox article that you posted last week in the newsletter about like how Greg Glassman, like their CEO, is saying that he's basically saying CrossFit is like the answer to like the American healthcare problem. <laughs> of like, like, basically, like people should have to do instead of getting sick. Like, a, right, I mean, it's like right, a preemptive right. like don't get sick and old, do CrossFit instead because we have all the things you need for fitness and health, which is like a very, very interesting move in my opinion. And at the same time, they're like marketing to the everyday person saying they're like the solution to like everyone's healthcare problems. They've also like cut out their like championship. Like they're basically cutting down the pros in the same way that Ironman is like their quote unquote pros and elite athletes have like- But they put
0: way more money- behind them than iron man does they put like a lot of money behind marketing their pros and their but they, their they games they cut
1: their you know how they have like the regional yes champion thing yes. thing they like sli- sliced it interesting basically. yeah so they're like actually like cutting back on the money they're spending like they had a regional one in south america i think in brazil mm-hmm. um and they like had it this year they didn't make money on it because of course they like went huge on it and went in a huge right i mean and they, also, the they also and they also cut it
0: have like grow have had growing pains and like expanded too quickly and then had had to scale back and now are like kind of leveling off so you know
1: like the parallels are super interesting right so like (laughs) I would think I would think for CrossFit's sake if I was going to offer solutions for CrossFit and for Ironman okay right that like one of the things CrossFit got right like I think that the 70 year olds with the five pound weights on Instagram is is a good marketing move like I think that taking it to the everyday person which is kind of what iron man's trying to they're do they're trying like to the do that's what everyone about. keeps
0: talking about trying to do
1: but they're not doing a great job like crossfit is on a better job with their marketing for the everyday person but what what I think Iron Man and CrossFit are both getting wrong is that like in order to keep their core community or continue to give people stepping stones and ways to get better in the sport, they need to keep their pros and like help provide those stepping stones. Yeah. So I was going to say, oh, I actually thought, we all know anything.
0: I'm a huge fan of the CrossFit Games. I actually thought they did, what they've gotten right is giving people something to grow into and something to be excited about. The CrossFit Games are like very well marketed and televised,
1: way better than any triathlon. So, so apparently they're just scaling back on that now, okay. which I found shocking and and i think it's a bad move it's a bad move the same for the same reason i think it's a bad move for iron man
0: okay so so there you go things to look forward to in 2019
1: and beyond (laughs) (laughs) okay after this break kelly and i are going to talk about our new year's resolutions if we have any we would like to thank ask kicker inc for supporting the podcast and remember to go to livefeisty.com, click on shop and use the code riding to order your live feisty tanks, tees, hoodies, and leggings. Follow at If We Were Riding on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and subscribe to our feed on iTunes or wherever you listen. If We Were Riding is produced by Live Feisty Media and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our awesome editor is Erin Hamilton. Can tell me to stop this time like the last time you better get ready to race
0: okay so I feel like we are not resolution people shockingly that's been established if you're a regular listener <laughs> but it's also true that like we know the <laughs> the realities of goal setting for an athlete are very specific and like there are steps and you do that at the end of a season beginning of a season even if you don't do it in like a formal way, because that's how sports work. Right. And so off season just sort of happens to coincide with resolution time. So that's when you like evaluate your year and like what you want to do in the new year. So I do make goal. You know what I'm saying here is that like, you do end up doing like the process goal setting and like the outcome goal setting, because like that's part of being an athlete. Yes.
1: yes. Yeah. So we're not opposed to goal setting.
0: Right. We're
1: opposed to doing it on January 1st, just because it's January 1st. It's because it's January 1st. Like, and, and opposed is too strong a word. Yeah. You fine. do you. It's fine. Like, whatever. Like set your goals. People stick to them anytime of year, anytime of year, anytime of
0: year. So, but the point is it is a goal setting time. Do you have goals? Do you have goals? Okay. So <laughs> this is really funny because t- my husband keeps walking around going, I have no goals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. like despondent. Yes. I have, no, I have goals. no goals. Life is not worth it. <laughs> Um, yeah. So like you said about being an athlete for me too, it just happens to be falling around this time of year where, um, we just had the summit, right. Which was one of my big goals for 2018. right? Right. So we hosted the summit and then, um, I had a lot of changes in my personal life. So all of that's just like coming around and I'm just at this place where I'm trying to like refocus on the live feisty business and moving forward right? Mm-hmm. So I sat down yesterday and did like a mind map.
0: Oh, wow. It's pretty fun. Is this pretty like, fun. wait, what is a mind map? Is this like Oprah?
1: I don't, I don't know what Oprah does for her mind maps. I just like <laughs> write things on paper wherever I want. In okay. any way it makes sense. Um, and I did like a couple different categories. So I did like kind of fun. It was like in an ideal world like in it, you know, down the road. What do I want? Like what do I want my life to look like? Oh. You know, like what are the things that I, in a, if I made the perfect job for myself, What would I be doing? And five? What is what is
0: Sarah five years from now look like?
1: Okay, so the things that I oh now you're asking me things I didn't make notes (laughs) about, but I remember them. Okay, so I like one of them was that like I wanted to be like effectively like managing my team in the feisty business, right? Okay, obviously, like we have more money. We have at that time there's like more money. There's a bigger team in five years, right? In five years, there's like employees. And so like, one of the things I want to do is like, be like mindful about how we're working together in a positive way and moving forward. That's like one thing. Um, and I also want to, it actually was pretty simple when it came down to it. I actually, and I want to write, which I've gotten away from the last couple of years because of building the business. And I want to like continue to edit video, which I also love doing, like have a couple little like passion editing, like video projects that I'm doing. Okay. Um, so that was like my kind of like perfect. Okay. Scenario. Right? Okay. So then I went to like where I want like the live feisty like brand and project to go five years, and then you like once you do five years, you can like with a three to five year thing. You can like bring it back to like okay, then what have, has to happen next year to get mm-hmm. to that place in three to and five so years? So what's happening easy.
0: next year, Sarah? Tell us. Oh well, I can't tell you all oh, right. Of oh man. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we do have to like there has to be some kind of expansion. And there has to be like, we definitely have a little more income going into next year. So we'll be able to um, expand a little bit. Right. So that's definitely people can expect some expansion. And then Lisa and I had already done our own brainstorming session about outspoken and where Mm -hmm. we see next year's summit going and, and what we're going to roll out in the bigger picture and in 2019. So, and then I like take all those things and like overlay it with like my perfect life scenario. And then it becomes like, Pretty easy to see, not easy. Like, there's a lot of hard work between there, but you can see, like, then you can start to connect the dots, right? It's like, oh, this and this and this. And this. Yeah. So I'm not done.
0: I feel like we need specifics here, Sarah. I feel like, like, I'm going to swim six to seven times a week. What
1: are you going to oh, do? Oh man, it's too easy with sport. It's too easy. Okay, I haven't, I haven't got to that yet. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Can we okay, do this next week. Okay, so, like then I like had a cutoff time because that was like a couple hours of like mind mapping, right? But then, like, I recognize, like, my own next step is to go, how are these things, like, how am I going to make these things happen? And what are the specific tasks? Yes. And like, how do I lay out the specific tasks into, like, a weekly schedule of how they get done over time? So, like, that's, like, actually, like, y- now that you mentioned it, is my next step. Yeah, is, like, you need to have what you set specific. goals. I actually know a yeah. lot about goal
0: setting guys, but, but what you set? You have to like have then process step goals for how you're going to get to your like medium sized larger process outcome goals. Right? Like I want totally. to make a front swim pack. So I need to swim seven days a week because it's not translating. And when I make a front swim pack, it's going to change my race and then I will get on the podium. Like that is
1: right. my
0: fucking plan. FYI. It's just,
1: I mean, I, and I love those goals is great. <laughs>
0: It's not big it's picture wonderful. enough for Sarah. Yeah, but and it's then like- by doing that, I will change women's triathlon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking. Now you're talking. It's like it's um this is like a different. Like I, I actually think, I don't know, it's it's for me anyway, it's a lot harder to sit down and not talk about specifics. Like, it's really easy for me to go, oh, I'm going to make a schedule and here's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to do like accounting on Monday right. and, and sponsor emails on Tuesday. Right. Like that part of it is, is easy versus like actually allowing myself the time to, to think big like that is, is actually a little bit harder for me. I, Interesting. I find it be like, okay. not very practical, like, but what am I actually doing?
0: Um, <laughs> okay, okay. So. so, as everyone sets their New Year's goals, resolutions, whatever we're calling them, mm-hmm. take the time to think big.
1: Yeah, New Year's mind mapping—that's what I'm going for this year. Okay. Everybody. None of you
0: can tell
1: mapping. me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We are reaching the top. We are reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.